Hey there. Hello. So we rented a movie the other day from mm. Mr. Jeff Bezos. Awesome. Uh, we paid a lot for it. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> it was like a new one. Like it, they were trying to save it until after COVID, but obviously that did not happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a Tom Hanks movie. And so we're like, I mean, it's going to be good. It's Tom Hanks. Tom right? Hanks, yeah. Uh, chief ambassador for the Illuminati or <laughs> whatever it is that's bad yes, now. Yes, <laughs> basically. Um, but no, it's called News of the World. Have you heard of this movie? I have seen like the, not the trailer. I didn't really watch it, but you know how it just auto starts on your, mm-hmm. the main yeah, menu. Yeah. And it's like, why don't you watch News of the World? I mean, here it's pretty good. People are like thinking that it's the best thing ever. I think it's a good <laughs> movie. It's entertaining. Like I give it a B plus, maybe A minus. But like, this was the most Joe Biden ass movie I've ever oh, seen. Oh, all right. Why? <laughs> did you, did it keep forgetting its own plot? No, not not that bad. Um, although there were some disturbing uh, child creepiness plots. Creepiness towards children? Creepiness towards children plots, yes. So the situation is Tom Hanks, he's a newsreader, which I guess was a thing. Like on and the radio? He, no, this is Old West. He goes to towns and reads the newspapers. Oh, for wow. Them. Okay. All right. Yeah. Which I'm like, that's an interesting conceit. Cool. Yeah. I'm I'm in. And then it gets revealed. So he's he's like in Texas at first, and um, he's reading at all these like southern towns, and it's like really awkward because he's reading about like he'll say like President Ulysses S. Grant, and everyone's like, "Fuck this guy!" <laughs> like everyone goes crazy. Yeah. And at first you're like, "Oh, poor Tom Hanks, like having to deal with this." And then it's revealed, no, he he defo fought in the Confederacy, and like it's just Ew. uncomfortable. But he's like. Otherwise seen as a good person, a good... Yeah, the rest of the movie, he's a nice guy. Like, he saves this little girl. Was he like an officer or just like a... He was a captain. I don't know. Is a captain even... That's like an officer, right? Officer three. Yeah, that's above a first lieutenant. So, like, I mean, you weren't like a grunt. You weren't conscripted into the Mm -hmm. army if you were a captain. Okay. That's what I was trying to get at. So, yeah, it's super weird because, like, there's a lot of this talk about, like, oh, like, we're not comfortable with these union guys running our towns. And, like, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of talk about unity and stuff. And, like, it's just, it's a good movie. But, like, sometimes it's like, what are you doing? We, we're allowed to hate these people, guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, unity. Yeah. No, there was a lot of that bullshit. And there has been. And there probably will continue to be it's gonna get so much worse it's really done like spoilers the climax of this is he is at this town i don't know if it's the climax it's a big part of it he goes to this town that basically is like running its own shit and it has like this rich guy in charge Mm -hmm. and he basically owns the town he wants him to read his own newspaper which is just like propaganda of him like killing natives and stuff like that yeah and he's like no i'm I'm gonna read like some other stuff and so he he like lets the town vote, and it's that's the big deal. Oh, they, it's a democracy. They voted on what they wanted to hear, and um, he ends up reading this story about like these miners that survived this mine collapse and blah blah blah. And it is weird because it gets really close to like a working class narrative, mm-hmm. and like people are mad at this rich guy, and then it kind of just fizzles out. It's oh yeah, they're just trying, they're throwing stuff at the wall here because I guess. But from what you said, it sounds like the main or the resolution to that storyline is that when given the choice between sensational bullshit and the truth, right, that people mm-hmm. are smart enough to pick the truth, where that that's the big like fight that matters versus like giving them the choice of, 
who's in charge of their town, uh, you know, who makes the money from their mine or factory or whatever. That's not the important choice. Like economic democracy, it's all about making sure that, you know, we have this enlightened whatever. <laughs> yeah, and all the stories they choose to highlight that he reads and people really respond to are these like human interest fluff pieces. Like, and it's it's just really weird. <laughs> it's just a weird, like there are things happening then, you know, like big deal. Yeah. I don't know. That's strange. All right. Speaking of strange, <laughs> speaking of rich people, Ugh. let's get into the episode. Okay. What are we talking about today? Today, we're going to be talking about your personal favorite mm. thing in the world. Delicious. Charity. Cool. Love it. Charity. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of wanted to up top. Before we get into an interesting reading, uh, kind of talk about like why we're doing this because I feel like most listeners are gonna get right that charity is you know not really enough. I mean, it can kind of like help people out in their immediate circumstances, but it's not enough to like fundamentally change things. Yeah, it's not the solution. Yeah, most people get that right. So why are we then talking about it if our listeners are like, yeah, duh, charity? I mean, <laughs> you know, I think. What we want to add to to our understanding of it is that charities not just like not enough to solve our problems, but actually can like entrench those problems in the system that causes it. Yeah, yeah. It's not just not revolutionary, but it can also be like reactionary because it'll help the capitalists like sustain themselves, like keep themselves in a in a position that they're less likely to get overthrown. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair, and I think. I don't know. I, I'm curious to hear what listeners think about this. I remember being super nervous about our small business episode because I thought people would like react negatively to it. But I think everyone was on board from what I could tell. If anyone was pissed, they didn't they didn't leave a review about it. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was nervous about that. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel similarly nervous about this because I think for most like average people or like most people, charity sounds good you know? Yeah. And like, I've definitely donated to charities in the past. I still kind of do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to do donation commissions instead of getting paid. I would just be like, oh, donate to whoever, you know? Right. So I think it can be good on like a certain level, but like, it's not the solution. And in an ideal world, we wouldn't have it. Yes. Yeah. That's a, a good way to look at it. I don't, I, yeah. We don't want to say like, oh, charities, they actually take your money and go out and, you know, kill people with it or something. <laughs> I don't want someone to feel bad for like giving five bucks a month to Planned Parenthood or something, you know? Right. Yeah. I, and also that's just like talking like just donations to organizations is not necessarily the same thing. Like, but yeah, I, the, I think you're right on the main idea there, right? That it's not just bad to, they don't only. <laughs> it's re- not a black evil. and white thing. Yeah. <laughs> but we are going to talk about the, the less good parts. The less, yeah. And that's kind of what we do here. People say, oh, you don't give the balanced account and stuff. And yeah, you want the other half? You get the other side. By osmosis. Literally. Yeah, yeah, literally all the time you get the other side. So deal with it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's get to this reading by this cool guy. Yeah. We're going to be reading from a gospel and not that sort of gospel. You know, not the sort of gospel that talks about it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than it is for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. Not that sort of gospel. Not that one. Not the socialist one. The uh, The Gospel of Wealth by Andrew Carnegie. Oh, man. It is kind of like they tried to combine my least favorite things, though. Church and charity. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, Christine hate the most. <laughs> and the reason we want to kind of dive into this 
not a deep dive, but a shallow dive into this <laughs> is uh, to see what the how the other side defends itself or how they portray this as a positive good. Yes. If you would like to follow along, uh, you can get this PDF at the Carnegie Foundation's website. That's where we got it. Uh, we'll also be uploading our notes onto Patreon. I drew a lot of offensive drawings. Yeah, so. and I wrote some stuff. <laughs> I even drew a couple of doodles. Not nearly as many, I'm sure, but... <laughs> I drew so many, like, dicks and stuff, so... <laughs> First, well, speaking of drawings, this PDF opens up with this ridiculous illustration. It's like an etching, and it says... Let me send you this screenshot. Okay. Whoa, let there be light. Yeah. Oh, that's What good. kind of ego do you have on your head that you're like... Yeah, I'm going to, before I start this article, can you get an illustration of some books and a torch and a scroll that says, let there be light, and then put my name under it like I said that? That's great. <laughs> well, as we'll see, they they have pretty much an unbounded ego. And this oh, is just yeah. making me think of like the uh, dark, it couldn't be like a darker timeline maybe, but maybe it could. The darker timeline where we, America starts down the Andrew Carnegie cult line and like he becomes a theocratic <laughs> leader or something. Oh, yeah. All right. So we start at the beginning, the gospel of wealth. Verse one. The problem of our age is the proper administration of wealth so that the ties of brotherhood may still bind together the rich and the poor in harmonious relationship. Okay. Uh, listeners, this is called class collaboration. It's the opposite of class struggle. <laughs> it's a key part of fascism. The idea mm. that there are classes... They're separate, distinct classes, and that's good, and they should work together. Yeah, that is very fashy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that was what stuck out to me at, very, at the very beginning was just like, okay, wow. all right, there we are. <laughs> wow. Um, he's got some cool racism. About the Native Americans here? Yeah, he says when he visited the Sioux, he led to the wigwam of the chief. It was just like others in external appearance. And like, I'm reading this, I'm like, that's great. That sounds, sounds good, good. Yeah. And then he says, the contrast between the palace of the millionaire and the cottage of the laborer with us today measures the change which has come with civilization. Ah, good thing we're not doing barbarism anymore, right? Yeah, God. <laughs> uh, but anyone who had been working in the mines that he got the raw material to make is steel or the steel mills themselves will understand <laughs> the actual barbarism that people still faced. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is the steel guy. Yeah. Carnegie Steel. I just know him from Carnegie Hall. <laughs> yeah. So initially kind of, yeah, he's making this case that civilization, that technological advancement has been good. And even though it's kind of brought about this inequality, it's still been great. He says uh, much better, this great irregularity in terms, you know, inequality there mm -hmm. instead of universal squalor. <laughs> Yeah, it's the whole, like, rising tide lifts all boats mm -hmm. bullshit that, yeah. like, literally every capitalist will try to tell you, like, at least it's not the Dark Ages. And they'll tell you that, like, <laughs> communism's the opposite. That's where everybody's equal because everyone's equally starving, you know? Mm-hmm. So just a, a little trope there. But, it, you know, it's also convenient when this in, that this inequality is, like, good and okay when you're, like, in the good section of it. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, he kinda, I think he kind of goes on to say... You know, it's a waste of time to criticize this whole situation. Uh, yeah, I highlighted that. That's that's good. I wrote, you mad, bro? <laughs> yeah, I 
<laughs> it's he's he's kind of begging us not to liquidate him as a class, you know. <laughs> That's a waste <laughs> of time. Please don't look at this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the next section I found really interesting though because he kind of goes on to lay out basically the economic history that like Marx and Engels spells out. Yes, he was like so close to getting. He came right up to the line and then was like, "Nah, just kidding." <laughs> yeah, like it's without mentioning the exploitation part. It's mm-hmm. just saying like the development of productive forces throughout the modes of history that we have talked yeah. about here before. He gets it, but then takes the wrong conclusions <laughs> of like, we should exploit more. He even get, gets down to the point where he says, um, the employer can know little or nothing and to whom the employer is little better than a myth. All intercourse between them, employer and employee, is at an end. Rigid casts are form. The proletariat, the bourgeoisie. Yeah, he gets it. Like this mirrors the language in the preamble to the International Workers of the World Constitution. Written in 1905, (laughs) it says, the working class and the employing class have nothing in common. And apparently, Andrew Carnegie agreed. That's so weird. What year was this written in? This was written in 1889. So maybe they stole it from Andrew Carnegie. (laughs) Listen, guys, we got a new father of socialism accidentally. (laughs) An illegitimate father. Yeah, and uh, does not acknowledge his offspring. (laughs) Uh, we are the bastards of Andrew Carnegie. <laughs> I do like in here that he says, you know what? The poor enjoy what the rich could not before afford. He does that classic like, oh, we have mm-hmm. iPhones now. Like, it's good. Mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, like the whole thing, he gets up to the point and then says, nah, but like, it's it's actually like fine. You know, it's, it's okay. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. It can't be changed. So please don't ask about changing it. But also <laughs> it's good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Which is also like, if it's so good, then people wouldn't be asking to change it, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he's just super content with his hierarchy. Like, he's like, oh, it's great. Like, this this last bit in this paragraph here, the laborer has more comforts than the farmer. The farmer has more luxuries than the landlord. The landlord has more stuff than the king. And it's like, th- there's still a hierarchy there, man. Like, yeah. you literally name out different classes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But again, the the hallmark of fascism and apparently carnegieism is that uh <laughs> different classes are good and apparently. should just work together and be happy that they're in their station the um the hat goes on the head <laughs> oh. i kind of you know he goes on to say yeah you know this this is just how it is <laughs> oh yeah i did some good highlights no substitutes for it have been found He's just like the shrug emoji, like, I don't know what else to do, guys. <laughs> this is just, this is it. I don't know. It's what we got. <laughs> We're done. We finished human progress. Oh, he talks about survival in the fittest. That's pretty gross. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah. Pretty nasty stuff. In case you, you know, are wondering about that, he does go on to elaborate later and just say exactly who should be alive and who shouldn't. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. And like, he also... He uses the term, like, future progress of the race. And I know he means the human race, yeah. but it's a little gross. It is. Because uh, you know he, he's thinking of one race in particular. <laughs> yeah, that is off-putting. His favorite. I agree that it is just meaning humanity, but yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little gross. <laughs> I like this. As he kind of goes on here, he ends up saying, he's, he's making the argument that, like, yeah, this is just how it is. He says, it is a law as certain as any of the others named that men possessed of this peculiar talent for affair under the free play of economic forces must of necessity soon be in receipt of more revenue than can be judiciously expended upon themselves. 
And this law is as beneficial for the race as the others. How is that beneficial? Well, I yeah, for one. There's a lot to unpack there. It's great that like. That's good that he, you know, that naturally him, (laughs) you know, and other men like him will just get all this shit. That's just natural and good somehow. (laughs) Well, I want to talk about this natural thing because he goes into this for a bit. Like Mm -hmm. before that, he says like this talent for organization and management is rare among men. For such men soon create capital while without the special talent required, capital soon takes wings. Like. Mm -hmm. Are you born and then someone puts a dollar sign on your head? Like you're you're special. This is a this is a common argument among capitalists is that like if you were to redistribute all the money equally, all the wealth equally, that soon thereafter it would end up back in the same hands because those people are just better, you know, obviously morally <laughs> and everything better. They're just better. It's Smarter, insane. More I'm just like, how the fuck do you explain? Like, to me, this is inherently racist because it's like, how the fuck do you explain the, explain the racial wealth gap without getting into some nasty eugenicist bullshit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> left unsaid, honestly, here. But yeah, that's that's a part of it. Uh, I guess credit to him for leaving that unsaid and not just coming out and <laughs> he saying didn't it. didn't just say. But still, yeah. yeah, that's the unspoken part is poor yeah. people are poor because they deserve it. And then if you look mm-hmm. at if you look at the racial composition therein, well then you end up with races who deserve it, you know? Exactly. Like it's literally the talent of being white. <laughs> <laughs> then he goes on to make sure that to put our sorts of people oh, in yeah. their place. <laughs> Communists, socialists, anarchists. Fuck them, basically, he says. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He says, Don't do that. If thou dost not sow, thou shalt not reap. And thus ended primitive communism by separating the drones from the bees. What the fuck are you? I mean, some people are drones and some people are bees. It's exactly like the con man Gosh. says in Better Call Saul. He says, uh, they're a wolf and they're a sheep, you know? Yeah, come on, sheeple. <laughs> <laughs> I drew a dick over this paragraph, by the way. <laughs> uh, well, I, I love this, that this mischaracterization, because he's, he's either talking about anarcho-primitivists, which he's not, or he's talking about <laughs> communists. That in this sort of straw man way of saying that we want to like turn back the clock, which is not what that is. Yeah, like we don't want to just be in what he calls primitive communism or in tribes again or just hunter gatherers. You know, we, that's not it. We want to like move. He to never a bothered new stage. to learn. <laughs> yeah, he just heard about it, like everyone equal, like like the Sioux. Yeah, like the Sioux tribes that I visited. Yeah. <laughs> insane like he literally says the race has tried that like we tried it we failed how many times have you heard this yeah. we tried it it didn't work we tried that yeah <laughs> and as opposed to where what you know as opposed to our efforts in capitalism that have totally worked <laughs> or we see uh we're recording on january 30th guys it's a clown show out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah Yeah, I can't imagine anyone looking at this and saying, this has worked. This makes sense. But, you know, people do. (laughs) Like, they're, you know, his his whole, like, we have iPhones. That's like a common argument among capitalists. It's like, the world is more developed than it's ever been, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it's great. (laughs) For some people. Yeah. They just don't make that second connection. Yeah. And plus, you know, communists like us, he says, we're stupid because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. our plan necessitates the changing of human nature itself a work of eons even if it were good to change it which we cannot know can't change human nature bro my human nature oh god it's not practical you know (laughs) 
it's just like, it's so clear. I mean, from stem to stern, this paper is so clear what he thinks of poor people. Like, he just, the he thinks human nature is to be shitheads. Like, that is what he thinks. Yep. Yeah. And well, except for the like noble Except few. for the chosen few. Yeah. The noble, <laughs> yeah. It's Calvinist in that way, right? Some people are. Yeah. City on a hill. Some people are right. Some people, most people are not. Mm-hmm. We got to depend on the. Predestination. Yep. There you go. So now that we've knocked that out of the way, we know there's no change coming. <laughs> okay, cool. Shut the podcast down. <laughs> Back it up. Well, Carnegie offers, okay, we got to come up. The The only thing we can do is work with the system we've got. That's it. And uh, the only question then we have to deal with is how do we administer all this wealth that just so happened to drop in my lap and in the laps of mm. people like me, good people, you know? Poor mean. What am I going to do with all my money? <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's this uh, essay. What am I going to do with all my money? <laughs> God, can you imagine just just having those conversations, having so much money that you have to literally set up these fake ass businesses? Ridiculous. So then he spells out, okay, well, what are the options? What are your options with all this money? Right? What can you do? You could leave it to your family, to your as an inheritance when you die. Mm-hmm. And then he shits on that. Yeah, he says, that's kind of fantastic that he says this, right? He, I know. I was like, I like this part. This is wild. He uh, says, it's not, it's not a good idea. Don't do that. I agree. But yeah, he says that's a bad idea. That'll either spoil your kids or basically that's the main thing is it's just, it's not going to go to good use, you know? Yeah. So this is the 5% of the essay that wasn't total dog shit. Yeah. He also says, don't just leave it to, you know the government or whatever. Don't leave it after, don't wait till you're dead pretty mm-hmm. much because people will like, you won't care because you'll be dead, you know. <laughs> people might fuck it up because they're stupider than you and they don't know how to run your money because you're cool and, you know, you're you're a brilliant millionaire and they're just like low life losers. So <laughs> they're going to waste yeah. your money. And also people will just think you're an asshole because you held on to it your whole life. That's true. He says men who would not have left it at all had they been able to take it with them. And it's like, yeah, I mean, some Scrooge shit. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ab- he strangely advocates for the inheritance tax. Uh, yeah, I didn't see this one coming. This is another part of that 5% that didn't suck. Yeah. Pro-death tax. <laughs> so we like that. We dig that. Uh, Good job. But, See, look, we're being fair and balanced. Yeah, fair and balanced. I, I would just, you know, add to the record, however, that he doesn't want to touch that money while they're alive. You know, he <laughs> wants true. them to run it themselves. It's fair, tax them 100%, whatever. Once they die, believe yeah, them alone while they're bad. alive. So <laughs> uh, so anyway, he says, yeah, don't do, you know, those are bad options. The best thing is for rich people to do with their, you know, to do good things with their money. Mm-hmm. The reconciliation of the rich and the poor, a reign of harmony. There's that class collaboration again. Love to see it. Mm. Just I'm picturing like happy toiling serfs. <laughs> so Yay, grateful. This is good. We're doing our part. <laughs> it's like in Starship Troopers. I'm doing my part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he accuses communists of wanting to go for first civilization again. Cool. Yeah. Who needs civilization? I mean, who needs... <laughs> <laughs> Anything that can keep you alive. We don't need that. That's, of course, yeah. what we're arguing for here. <laughs> okay. So his his plan, his big, good plan, is we'll have an ideal state in which the surplus of wealth of the few will become, in the best sense, the property of the many. Yeah. Because administered for the common good. Sounds good. Like that part. All right. I like shared property. Yeah. Passing through the hands of a few. Oh. Ouch. Uh, can be made much more potent force for the elevation of our race 
than it had if it had been distributed in small sums to the people themselves. There's that inherent distrust of people. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do like basically that whole passage I had highlighted and just crossed out through and put from, and that would work well. <laughs> Passing from the hands of yeah. you and just <laughs> no, that would be great. Yeah, was just because he's making an argument, right? That essentially we can do more with our resources pulled together than we can with them separated and that's, that's i true. mean true <laughs> yeah i got you there he's just doing it the wrong way <laughs> he's so close uh, we just need to go back in time and get drunk with andrew carnegie and get him on our side <laughs> but yeah we'll go hang out with him convince him to do cool things instead i think it'll work <laughs> even the poorest can be made to see this like, like they're so fucking dumb, apparently. And to agree that the great sums gathered by some of their fellow citizens and spent for public purposes, from which the masses reap the principal benefit, are more valuable to them than if scattered among them through the course of many years in trifling amounts. Like, he's just saying, we don't have to pay these people. Yeah, why should I pay my workers more when I can just rip them off and then give them back a little bit of it? It's insane. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, yeah, and that's that's the whole thing. And the reason that he thinks that it's bad to pay them more, it's bad to scatter trifling amounts to them, uh, is that they, he says here, would have been wasted in the indulgence of appetite, some of it in excess. Oh, my God. Like, who are you to decide? Like, why are you the money police? That is the thing, Because well, you are money and police, but <laughs> <laughs> you own both of those things. But it's so gross. It's it's that whole policing of poor people's spending, you know? Like when someone uses food stamps for like a nice meal, people are mad about yeah, it. Yeah, you should be buying rice and beans or something, you know? Yeah. It's paternalism. They want to be in control of it, you know? Absolutely. They want to be like curing the sins of these terrible poors. Ugh. So gross. So gross. Yeah. He talks about this Cooper Institute, which is what they called the Cooper Union back now okay. it's just, uh, like a like it was a free university mm, okay i think right now there's they're like a very cost supported university but they're not free mm. but they're like planning to go free again in the future but they like messed up their money anyway cooper <laughs> okay. union is what he's talking about they didn't spend it wisely yeah somebody messed it up because they weren't smart <laughs> they weren't enough. one of the chosen few yeah <laughs> and uh he, he's talking about just how awesome this place is and says uh let the advocate of violent or radical change ponder th- ponder well this thought. So I <laughs> flipped him off for that one. Like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I've pondered it and it's still stupid. It's still a bad thought. Should have kept in the drafts. <laughs> the next thing I have is still on, it's just a couple paragraphs down. He goes on to elucidate the, the rich man's burden. Almost said the white man's burden. Same thing, but... <laughs> Truly, where's the difference? But rich men should be thankful for one inestimable boon. They have it in their power during their lives to busy themselves in organizing benefactions from which the masses of their fellows will derive lasting advantage and thus dignify their own lives. Listeners, I'm just going to tease out what you would get if you uh, subscribe to our Patreon. There's a very (laughs) obscene drawing next to this one. So just, yeah. Uh, deserve it's, it, man, because this is just like you know. Our mission is to br- let is let there be light, like that picture at the beginning <laughs> is uh, to bring some meaning to the otherwise pointless toiling lives of these poor. God, 
it is completely paternalistic. It is just so like, who has that much of an ego? Like, I mean, I know the answer is rich people because like they, <laughs> they just have literally never heard someone say no in their lives. Yeah. They don't understand what that is like, but it is, it is wild to conceive. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of ego, the next sentence is him comparing <laughs> his class to Christ. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> oh, God. And he even, wait, is who's Count Tol- Tolstoy? Is that like the That's like the Tolstoy, Tolstoy, yeah. He was a count, okay. actually, yeah. I didn't know he was a count. That's mm-hmm. kind of fun. But he even like says like, no, it's not the socialist Christ. It's it's ours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the better, the improved Christ 2.0. Not that Jesus. <laughs> the real one, the good one, the rich one. Mm-hmm. Let's see. He lays out his thesis again, basically, in the next paragraph. He likes to repeat himself. Also in the next sentence, because this paragraph is one sentence. <laughs> oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Lots of semicolons. <laughs> yeah. But what's his thesis then? He needs an editor. (laughs) Okay, so he says, first, set an example of modest, unostentatious living, shunning display or extravagance. Like, Okay, live frugally. Here's the thing. You know what would help you live frugally is if you didn't didn't have that much money. (laughs) Yeah, that makes it easy, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, but this is a thing, though, like that happens today. People love it when rich people like don't live extravagant like oh mm-hmm. look at the shitty car they drive still and it's like it doesn't whatever yeah like cool <laughs> cool job like that that does not make me like them more. Uh, yeah i also drive a shitty car but like no one <laughs> applauds me why i expect applause yeah. every time i pull out of my driveway now <laughs> whoa that yaris <laughs> all right second to provide moderately for the legitimate wants of those dependent on him okay, okay. look after your dependence that's okay don't be a deadbeat <laughs> Uh, after doing so, consider all surplus revenues which come to him simply as trust funds, which he is called upon to administer. Oh, thank you. Bringing to their service, meaning the poor people, his superior wisdom, experience, and ability to administer. Doing for them better than they would or could do for themselves. Hmm. This one's just a... Oh, man. I know we said we weren't doing a deep dive, but Jesus, (laughs) this one's rough. This one's rough. Uh, My levels kind of spiked there. I'm sorry, but that's a bad one. <laughs> uh, the rich people know best, man. Yeah, apparently. Just, Papa knows best. They're smarter. They're better. They have superior wisdom. I mean, he just says they're better. <laughs> he literally, yeah. Yeah, mask off. We are better people than you. <laughs> um, he continues this thought even further. It were better for mankind that the millions of the rich were thrown into the sea so then so spent as to encourage the slothful, the drunken, the unworthy. I mean, that is, you you know, we kind of teased it. We kind of gateway drugged you there with the paternalism before. But now <laughs> we're getting to the raw, uncut paternalism, like straight into oh, the it's, veins. It's nasty, man. Just <laughs> this guy. He, apparently, he's so good at money. He knows how everyone else should spend their money. Yeah. Well, and also everyone else is so stupid at money that... <laughs> Apparently, he'd rather dump his money into the ocean than give it to a homeless person. Well, you know, he gives this example of this guy who oh, yeah. donated a quarter to some some beggar. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, well, I mean, he had every reason to suspect that this guy would just blow this quarter on booze or whatever. And he says that this guy, he only gratified his own feelings, saved himself from annoyance. 
and this was probably one of the most selfish and very worst <laughs> actions of his life. That's the most selfish, not the fact that this is a rich motherfucker who probably exploits his workers. This is the worst thing he's ever done. Which makes the guy sound pretty good, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst thing you've done. Yeah, especially in comparison to Andrew Carnegie. Uh, yeah, Jesus. Better than him, who his steel company brutally crushed the homestead strike, killing seven workers. Oh, yeah, that was him. That was him. <laughs> uh, also, he was a member of the South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club, whose negligence allowed the South Fork Dam to fail in 1889, causing the Jonestown flood, which killed 2,209 people. Cool. Yeah. So he's killed 2,000 and change. Yeah. And change, yeah, and change from his point of view. That's probably, you know, he's maybe he's admiring this guy and saying, I wish the worst thing I did was give a quarter to some, to some beggar. Insane, God. And he, there's just so much classic bullshit in this. Like, I felt like I was just reading. It's a greatest hit. I don't even know. Yeah, it really was greatest hits. Yeah. This is, you know, not directly, but this is the mindset from which all of the stuff that we're about to bitch about sprang. <laughs> Is this mindset of, you know, we should help those who help, who will help themselves, you know? Yes. They, it literally says that yeah. here. The deserving poor. <laughs> those worthy of assistance, except in rare cases, seldom require assistance. <sighs> this person, I don't think he's ever met a poor working person. I don't think he has. Yeah. And he even says it earlier that they're so stratified. I don't think he has. I don't think he's met a poor person. <laughs> the crazy thing is that he does kind of acknowledge that there are some exceptions or whatever. Because mm -hmm. he himself benefited from charity when he was younger. That's how he got an education. He was educated at the free school in Dunfermline by like a grant that he got from a philanthropist. Mm. So he's like, you know, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> people need a leg up. Because I did, but most of the time, no. <laughs> it's insane. He is the only oh. true reformer who is as careful and as anxious not to aid the unworthy. As he is to aid the worthy, and perhaps even more so, for an almsgiving, more injury is probably done by rewarding vice than by relieving virtue. Like, what the fuck? I mean, you literally hear this all the time. Don't give that homeless person money. They're going to spend it on drugs. Yep. Have you seen the great tweet that flips that, though? No. <laughs> There's a tweet going around that's like, um, I saw a homeless person. I thought about giving him money. Uh, I didn't want it to be spent on drugs. So I gave it to the homeless person. <laughs> Nice. It's a thinker, but it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, if you leave it in my control. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, so then how do you, I mean, our big mission here is to help, but not help the wrong way and let these mm -hmm. poors, you know, go out and be debauched. Let's put on our capitalist hats. According to Andrew Carnegie, how am I supposed to spend all my a bunch of money? I got a pile of money back here. What do I do with uh, it? You could build a park. Cool, you could build a museum. You could build like a library, other things that are generally like appreciated by, you know, anyone who's smart and good enough to use them, but that can't be converted into like vices, you know? Okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> I love parks. I love libraries. Oh, yeah. I love all those things. Sure. Those things are good. They are. They're great. <laughs> but like, especially considering the time period, this guy is a motherfucking gilded age, like baron. Yeah. You don't think there's maybe some other needs we're not addressing, like fucking food and housing? <laughs> but they could, you know, I mean, you don't want to do that. Then if they're that comfortable, why are they showing up to break their backs in my steel mills? Yeah, it's, it is just the leap they take. Again, <laughs> I love all these things. Like sure, it, it yeah. is hard to argue with these things because, you know, 
someone's going to come up in the DMs like, well, actually, parks like are beneficial. Parks are dope. And like they are. They're definitely parks. beneficial. Yeah. They're very good for people. Same thing with like the arts, obviously, mm-hmm. and pro arts. But like, I feel like these things are just a way of sidestepping material needs. One, by paying your, your fucking workers. And two, by like actually materially helping poor people. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and in this, in the age he's talking about, and in our current age, these things can be policed very heavily to keep the wrong sorts of people from using them. Oh, yeah. Do you think actually that homeless people can like go into museums? Like, I'm, if they do go, I bet they're watched very closely. Yeah. And, you know, the same thing with parks at, you know, during the day even, but also like at, you know, especially at night. Yeah. The whole hostile architecture mm-hmm. thing, like the parks are now being explicitly made to deter homeless people. And this is, yeah, this is part of the reason that he thinks these are good is because these are controllable. Once you let the money go into the hands of people, you know, of the undeserving, then they then can freely, you know, waste it or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, buy, you know, buy all that stuff, fund all those things. And thus is the problem of rich and poor to be solved. We did it. Hooray. So he goes into more detail of like the things he thinks are worth donating to. Like he writes a second essay. And at the <laughs> beginning of this first, this second essay, he talks about how much everyone loved the first essay. Uh, <laughs> nice. So just takes a victory lap. Basically. Yeah. Awesome. Everyone loved it. It was great. <laughs> uh, so then he's like, well, since everyone loved it, let me explain some more Round about two. Like, what specifically <laughs> you should donate to or set up. All right. So first universities. Okay. And I'm like, who can afford to go to these schools except for your shithead kids? Yeah. At the time, this was not like, <laughs> you know, more or less, I mean, universities can sort of serve as a stepping stone up into middle class. You know, it's like a ladder up kind of now, but mm-hmm. not then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, again, all these things can be good. Like, yeah, you can have a university do a study that's very good for people, but like, it is a system that inherently is going to support the people who are paying for it. Yeah. So, yeah, not a great one. Second, uh, library. That's a good yeah. one. He also, you mentioned earlier that he, like, went to this free school. Apparently, he also benefited from um, a rich guy who let his let the neighborhood come in for his books. Ah, okay. So, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Third. Founding or extension of hospitals, medical colleges, laboratories, and other institutions connected with the alleviation of human suffering, especially with the prevention rather than cure of human ills, which I thought was weird. Fine. I mean, sure. sure. As long as you're offering that care for free. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) That to me is like, yeah, because the private funding of medicine has never fucked us over. See women's health. uh, (laughs) Black maternal death rate and, oh, yeah, the pandemic. You don't think they're <laughs> going to equitably distribute that somehow? Mm, I don't know. Still waiting on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Fourth, parks. I already talked about parks. They're good. Yeah. Sure. Gosh. So, so he just has another quote in this. Like, I basically saying, like, I think parks are better than than if he had given his surplus money to furnish them with bread, or for those in health who cannot earn their bread are scarcely worth considering by the individual giver. Oh. The care of such being the duty of the state. Except you won't give your money to the well, state yeah, either. He just so complained and you. said that the state shouldn't be doing that. Because <laughs> it, it does boil down to the survival of the fittest thing that he mentioned before. He does want these people yeah. to just die. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He'd rather give them beautiful flowers, orchids, and aquatic plants, which they, with their wives and children, can enjoy in their spare hours. Wow. 
The spare hours Healthcare, that he doesn't want to give them, but <laughs> Healthcare, please. Yeah, I mean, uh, hey, again, parks, good thing, but uh it's Maslow's, man. You gotta have like ne- yeah. necess- you know, the the necessities of life. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna go wander around a park when my fucking teeth are falling out. Yeah. Crazy. Uh fifth, he says, uh concert halls, which I think it's very funny that when we started this, I did say <laughs> I know this guy from Carnegie Hall instead of, you know, him killing 2,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked, yep. Andrew. <laughs> You've cleaned your slate. Good investment. Um, Yeah. I wanted to say this one. So I have a friend who's in like the orchestra industry and like they're super conservative and it's very difficult for them. And they started doing blind auditions now in mm-hmm. most orchestras, which helps, but it's still very challenging. Like you have to dress pretty conservatively and like most of the time you're gonna be playing the same fucking shit over and over. Like it's really hard for people who are interested in like contemporary music or like avant-garde shit to like make a living. And this is why, because rich people pay for it. And rich people pay for it. Rich people patronize it. Like, Oh man, I, uh, this is uh, from the, from the old world when we'd gone to like a couple symphony shows (laughs) down in the Houston. The before times. Uh, I love it. Like the music and just, it's Mm -hmm. just sounds, it's, crazy good you know and it was just like the houston symphony it wasn't i don't know new york philharmonic or something and i'm not very very sophisticated so i don't i just (laughs) liked it uh but it was weird because like everyone there is fucking fancy dressed and it looked it just all looks like so upscale and like you're with this weird section of society that i don't have any familiarity with (laughs) Yeah, I went to, um, in the before times, I went to a Hamilton show when it finally came to Dallas. Mm-hmm. And, like, there are these teens behind me, like, on their phones and, like, just, like, they're like, wait, so who is this guy? Like, and this was at the inter- intermission. <laughs> they, like, didn't know who he was by then. And I was like, All right, what are you doing here, you rich fuck? Uh. Like, you don't deserve this. <sighs> uh, sixth, he wants swimming baths, which I guess are just pools in that time. Okay. Seventh, he says churches, but he says like they're reserved for last because it's kind of it's sectarian. Um, Fair enough. That I'm like, if they're reserved for last, maybe don't put them on at all. But okay. I mean, if that's all you got <laughs> in your in your area, <laughs> or you have, well, I guess the opposite. If you have all the other things, right, <laughs> then mm-hmm. you have to. Fine, I guess I'll help the church. I guess so. (laughs) Anyway, that's the end of his list. This is a bad reading. You can read it if you want, but it's a bad one. I'll just go ahead and tell you. Hate read it. It's funny. Hate read it. At least the first section. I didn't even read the second section because I didn't realize it was there. (laughs) uh, I skimmed it because I was getting annoyed. Andrew Carnegie, dumbass extraordinaire. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's still with us today. Yeah. This bullshit is out there. It really? It really is. Let's kind of go through, I guess, and talk about in our second section here, why charity actually is dumb. Yes. Or not always bad, like we said, but like. <laughs> not good. Yeah. Not our goal or not what we should rely on to, to solve social problems. Yes. Reason number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, charity like this is dependent upon the generosity of people like Andrew Carnegie, the generosity of the rich who 99 times out of a hundred did not get there by being more generous than their rivals. Yeah. Yeah. So this is my, my fundamental issue with this. It is just the paternalism of it and just the instability of it because at any moment they can just be like, no, I'm going to keep this instead. Yeah. 
I mean, if you make them <laughs> mad or something, you know, if like as a society we're like, oh, fuck the rich, they can just be like, oh, fine, I'll just take my ball and go home. They just leave, you know. Yeah. And, or in this case, just like not give to charity. Hmm? Yeah, it's completely arbitrary and dependent on the whims of some dude I don't know. Like, fuck that. Which is, yeah, and I don't know. Why should we, why should our, you know, when we say our, like us here, the hosts of your podcast, <laughs> we're not really in this situation, but so many people, why should their lives like depend upon, and I mean like their real sustenance, why should that depend on whether these rich people feel nice enough to allow them to live? Yeah. Like, don't they just deserve to live? Yeah. They shouldn't have the permission of some sort of billionaire to say, yeah, they're worthy of life because a lot, a lot of times they don't think that. Clearly. You said they're, you know, they're undeserving. Don't give them anything. Whatever you do, like give them something that they can't abuse. <laughs> like, yeah. So I want to talk about the second part of this point, which is that they didn't get there by being more generous than their rivals. Mm-hmm. Like just they got this money through bad shit. <laughs> yeah. So I found this book um, called Just Giving, Why Philanthropy is Failing Democracy and How It Can Do Better. It's by Rob Reich. Okay. I didn't read the book, but I read interviews with the author. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but you can find those like at Stanford and then there's an interview with Vox. And I thought this was really funny. At one point they talk about the Rockefeller Foundation, mm-hmm. uh, which when it was founded, former president Teddy Roosevelt and then president William Howard Taft denounced it. And Roosevelt declared, no amount of charities and spending such fortunes can compensate in any way for the misconduct in acquiring them. Damn. And I was like, damn, TR, we're best friends. Yeah, like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a good that's one. a pretty cool quote. He was a dirty imperialist. So, I mean, he's not your best yeah, friend. Yeah, no, but. he sucks. He's not my best friend at all. <laughs> but that time he had it yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a good call. Uh, and, and so much of this is in, in Carnegie's case, in anybody's case, an effort to like look better, right? It's just like a like a attempt to kind of paper over, like you said, the the sins that you committed on your way to getting that wealth. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. These people did some fucked up shit to get their money, like, and now they're gonna act like they're fucking benevolent givers. Yeah, and I guess we shouldn't have to have these people or anyone like be the arbiters of whether we're going to exist. Like we should just guarantee people that the right to exist comfortably, you know, as leftists, that should just be our goal. For sure. For sure. Like people have intrinsic worth, whether or not they can get lots of money, like they're worth more than that. Yeah. Another point, I guess I wanted to raise on this subject about charity being dependent on the generosity of the rich is that, uh, it really distorts society's incentives. If you're going, if like so much of your social, if your social welfare depends on rich people doing this, then it makes logical sense do to do whatever you can in your society to make the rich capitalists happy. Like you should be trying to give more money away to them so that they will give more money to charity. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. It is this like, Instead of just taking that hose and sticking it right into the poor people, you have to first stick it into them, and then they can dribble out a little shit bit. Out some. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it's very fucked up. And so it makes it a society that is that, for its own self interest, should try to help out this billionaire class, mm-hmm. so that they can get more of the the drippings, the the scratch. Oh, for sure. Even though, like the inequality that is that makes us dependent upon their largesse. 
is because of the capitalist system. It's their fault. Yeah. It's their fault. <laughs> Absolutely. But we are supposed to be giving them more so that they'll give us more of what they ripped off from us. It's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's very weird. So, yeah. First of all, that. <laughs> Not a good system to predicate the survival of millions of people. That's a bad one. Yeah. Exhibit A would be like the world. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen it? It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to tell me it's okay because I have an iPhone. It doesn't make it okay. Yeah. Having a, an iPhone will do precious little to save you from environmental Armageddon. Mm-hmm. So another one, this is one of my big issues with charity is there's a lot of religious restrictions or just restrictions in general. Mm-hmm. But I think particularly growing up in a Southern state, there's a lot of religious restrictions. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, those are very popular. Charities are those with some sort of religious affiliation that aren't always worn openly on their sleeve. You know, you don't really think about it so much. I mean, like Salvation Army kind of, I guess it's in the name, but you don't really think about mm-hmm. it being like overtly religious necessarily, unless you know a little bit about them. Yeah, because every year you see a social post saying like, hey, don't donate to them. They like discriminate against LGBTQ people and mm-hmm. like don't let them benefit from them. Right. So fuck that. But most people's encounter with them has no religious connotation. You just see them on their way into mm-hmm. the Walmart, you know. Yeah, it's a bell. You put in money, you feel good. Yeah, it's like oh, I help the poor. You know, mm-hmm. you help some of the poor. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, I don't know. I think to me, this is tied to that reason number one of it all flowing from the rich is that to to be benefactors of their generosity, we have to meet their conditions. Otherwise, they'll just not give, right? And so we have to prove that we're in the deserving poor rather than the unworthy. And we have to meet their, whatever their requirements are, whatever those restrictions are, we have to toe that line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw this last week in Open Veins, like whether it's on an individual level or country level, there's strings attached. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in, you know, the micro level, that's like, okay, you have to have a job and you can't miss any of your like probation shit and like all the stuff that is really fucking hard for a poor person to do. Like, because if something goes wrong... Anything goes, your car breaks down. Fuck, now you're taking the bus. You better not be late for work. Like, yeah. it's just, it's so precarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it comes from what we just saw in that demented reading. It comes from this idea that the poor are really just, you know, degenerate. They are uh, incapable. They're, you know, malformed spiritually or whatever. That They can't do these things for themselves. They don't have the, the capability of it. They need someone there, some strict parent figure to... Get them on the straight and narrow. Did you ever read that book or have to read that book like I did, Nickled and Dimed? No. I read it in like middle school. And for reader or listeners who don't know, it's it's about this lady. I guess she's like a, she seems like wealthy middle class maybe. Mm-hmm. And she's a, she's a writer. And then she basically lives as a poor person for a while. <laughs> um, it's pretty weird. It's got, it's definitely problematic. And I haven't read it in like obviously 10 plus years. Yeah. But um, I remember like the class discussion on this got really fucking hung up on, they started judging this lady because she smoked weed at one point and then had to spend money on like a, on like a cleansing kit to not test negatively. And they're like, well, why'd she smoke weed? I'm like, probably because she's like tired and in pain from like being in these jobs yeah. that are like killing her. And also just like, you know, everyone loves to get to that point where they're judging somebody else's like life and say, why do they, oh, know, for sure. why did they do this stupid thing? It's like, dude, they're just a human. I don't know. They're like you, man. Like Sometimes you do stupid shit. Yeah, it's just like. Also weed's cool. Yeah. 
as stupid in the context, I guess, of what they have to do. But like sometimes, yeah, you just like to have a drink or like exist as a human, yeah. like blow off some fucking steam, you know? Uh, yeah. Order like a coffee sometimes. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> you don't deserve lattes. Eat some avocado toast. Like just exist as a person <laughs> and everyone wants to get over there and be like, oh, now you should you should be, again, eating rice and beans. You should be doing whatever, just bread and water. Like, I don't know. It's insane. They just want to. They're stripping their humanity from them is what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're less than. They don't deserve what you deserve. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, you should cancel your Netflix subscription or whatever and just, you know, not have, I don't know, any sort of thing. Not have a life. Yeah. Basically, toil. Please get back to toiling. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Horrifying. Horrifying. So, yeah. Restrictions in general, they're there to, like you said, strip the humanity from people and, re- try, you know, go on this gross path of reforming them making them worthy or whatever basically uh disciplining them into being better workers for these capitalist overlords for sure yeah reason number three charity is money laundering for the rich i got some good stats on this baby excellent all right um some of this is from that rob reich stuff and then hold on this one is from this one's from philanthropyroundtable.org the IRS approves over 99.5% of all charitable applications. So, like, you apply, <laughs> you create a charity, and you apply uh-huh. to get it registered as a charity, and it's good to go? Uh-huh. So, if we were to start, like, a commune or something, and, like, start a commune fund, <laughs> and invest it in the stock market so we could, like, rip people off with, like, GameStop stocks or something, I don't know. Sure, why not? Let's start a GameStop commune. And, yeah, we'll and- just, but we'll register it as a charity. Sounds like it's going to be pretty easy. <laughs> Just so we don't become one of the 0.5%, we should leave commune out of the name, I guess. But <laughs> I guess so. That's wild. Okay, so easy to do. Very easy to do. It's obviously tax subsidized. Uh, the U.S. Treasury spends more than $50 billion in foregone revenue on because they don't fucking tax charities. So. You know, that's done on purpose, like in terms of its initial design, even like the reason Tell that me. they carved that out, these exemptions in the tax. Oh, you can, you know, you don't have to pay taxes on the income that you give to charity uh, was because when that initially like came about, the argument was, hey, look, these philanthropists, man, they're given all this money and stuff. If we take it away from them in taxes, they're going to stop doing that. So we're going to have to end up footing the bill. So it's cheaper to just let them donate tax free so that. They do their thing, and we don't have to start paying for those poor's, you know? It's insane. It just totally passes the buck, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So this this Rob Wright guy gives an example that, like, kind of blew my mind. Mm -hmm. So if you think about tax deductions, if if you want to be the most generous person, be like, okay, maybe you're for tax deductions on on, uh, charity giving. Yeah. But when you look at it in situ, it gets kind of crazy. So- a wealthy person taxed at 40% of their annual income makes a gift of $1,000 to a soup kitchen. Okay. The government will forgive 40% or $400 of this gift. Okay. So the cost of their $1,000 donation to them ends up being 600 Okay. But if you're a middle class person mm-hmm. and you're donating $1,000 and you get taxed at 20%, um, which is a lower tax rate, sure, 20%, that's cool. lower than 40%, yeah. right? Yeah. You are forgiven $200. So you ended up paying $800 while the rich person paid $600. How does that make sense? <laughs> Guys. 
Yeah, these tax write-offs <laughs> for charitable donations, they increasingly benefit only the rich. And uh, yeah. also, of course, whoever benefits from the charity. Sure, but like, yeah, they yeah. like disproportionately benefit the rich. Yeah, it's like a thing where like, even if I wanted to help out of suit, like, I'm, it's going to cost me way more to help. Yeah, it's ridiculous. In the 2017 Republican tax bill, they nearly doubled the standard deduction which for most people is what you take when you file your taxes. Even mm -hmm. if you go through the trouble of entering into TurboTax or whatever, you enter in all the possible <laughs> deductions, usually at the end of it, it comes out and it says, hey, you're going to just like take the standard. I don't know why you entered all that shit. <laughs> you wasted your time. Yeah, uh, and you're like, well, fine, whatever. They yeah, increase that's that. That's why I just so, do the standard. <laughs> yeah, more people do that. And so therefore, more people are just like categorically out of the charitable, like they don't get any benefits from charitable uh, tax breaks because they don't deduct. So they, they don't get it at all. Oh, so it's like it's a higher threshold to me. Like I would have to donate a bajillion dollars in order to get benefits from well, it. Well, you wouldn't like you, do, you just pay the standard deduction anyway. So no matter what you do charity wise, you're just going to pay the same tax rate for most people. <laughs> For most people, yeah, yeah, they won't even qualify for that. Then you get into, okay, well, let's talk about if you are doing deductions. Uh, they also doubled the amount of your income that you can donate tax-free to charities. It used to be 30%, now it's 60%. So you can, of whatever income you make that year, you can donate 60% of it to charity tax-free. The only people who okay. donate 60 or 30 or 15% of their income <laughs> yeah, who can do that? to charity are rich people who don't need their income, who are like yeah. living off of uh, wealth that generates, you know, interest and they, 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 mm -hmm. the income supplemental or they just need a little bit. They just need enough to live and the rest is fine. Right. Yeah. So it, that's, that's like just, that's just rich people. And in addition to what you were saying about the proportion thing, it's absurd. It's insane. It's crazy. Ugh. It's a bad one. So tax evasion, that's a clever way, basically, to just <laughs> keep your money away from the government. Mm -hmm. Keep it under your control, in your foundations, in things that you can use for, you know, only charitable activities, which kind of almost means whatever you want. But <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, it's also, it's not... Mm, when you give it to these foundations and stuff, it's not just, ha ha, I kept my money, but it also makes you look good because you're going to go out there and like, it's like PR yeah. for you. You get to keep that it's money. It's free PR. Yeah. It's not just free PR. It's tax like benefit cheap PR. PR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was looking at some statistics on this too. Tell me. Bill, you know, okay, well this, sure, they're like protecting their money, but they are, you know, uh, giving that money out. So that's good, right? They're, you know, we're getting a lot for that. We're getting maybe more mm -hmm. than our money's worth in terms of if we tax them versus if they do it themselves. I That doesn't seem real. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me why. Even billionaires who give the most, like proportional to their wealth, like absurd. Mm -hmm. the, the highest I found was Warren Buffett giving like 3.9% oh, of yeah. his wealth to charity. That's a ton 3. because 9? most of these guys give like, 0.1% of their wealth to charity. And you're even talking like Jeff Bezos who will be like, oh, I give so much. Well, dude, you make so much. So it's <laughs> so you should give way more. Yeah. If you're talking like if versus just like wealth taxing them or something, we're making chump change off these guys. Oh, for sure. We would get way more if we taxed them more. And this is not even entertaining the crazy socialist notion of maybe, I don't know, socializing the distribution of... <laughs> Uh, our collective <laughs> labor, like we'd get a fuck ton more that way. Oh, for sure. If we just fucking tax them, it'd be so much easier than like doing this weird, 
crazy pipeline we have. Yeah, yeah. So uh. we barely get anything compared to what we would if we tax them or if we just fucking nationalized their companies, <laughs> expropriated them as a yeah, class. <laughs> for sure. I, I This is another Rob Reich quote uh, that I really enjoyed. He kind of just talks about all the different ways this fucks people over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have a foundation. Okay. And so basically it's just a wealthy person with too much money. What do I do with all this money <laughs> for me? Yeah. Oh, sorry. So then just starts this weird cycle of them doing every single thing they can to diminish the tax contribution legally. Mm. So first they say, the government can't do things. They're the government. They're bad at things. Yeah. Let me do They're things. They're inefficient. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So now it's it's my job because I'm a benevolent I'm, motherfucker. I'm good, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm one of the chosen Worthy. few. <laughs> so I'm going to create benefits uh, on my own choosing. For the people who deserve it. <laughs> For people who deserve it. And I'm going to take a tax break. Nice. And I'm going to ask everyone to like kiss my ass over it. <laughs> so like, it's just like the fucking entitlement of it. Just like bow down to me for instead of supporting like you having the right to live, me giving it to you. Yeah. Like it's insane. It's, that's yeah. They want a trophy. They want the adulation of everyone for something that we were just going to do as a society. Like we could just do this. <laughs> could just do it guys we literally could just do it like mark my fucking words this is gonna come out probably later obviously but they're gonna bail out the fucking stock market before they give us our fucking stimulus check like they're gonna do yeah, it. yeah if that yeah they're already meeting for that i'm pretty if sure it comes down like, to it yeah they'll always do that before they'll i mean pff, what you know what sort of checks did homeowners see when the whole market collapsed and everybody was underwater and their mortgage is nothing like yeah. nothing. People didn't see any sort of relief. Who got bailed out? Yeah, but the banks got it. You know, <laughs> Wall Street got it. Everyone, everyone with the power <sighs> got it. It's capitalism, baby. It's a bad country, guys. It's a bad one. I don't like it. We should do a new one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next point. Uh, this charity stuff. Hey, does it work? At least, at least, are people getting helped? At least it's got to be helping them, right? Right. Wrong. Oh, well, I mean, man. come on. What's our poverty rate? What's our child poverty rate? <laughs> our homeless population everything mm-hmm. i mean all of the, child hunger yeah all kinds of stuff we're bad at most things and we <laughs> are already basically running a uh, a government handout system for charitable foundations we're trying to set it up to be as beneficial as um friendly toward the billionaire philanthropists that should be they said taking care of this shit but mm-hmm. here we are people are still suffering yeah i wonder why yeah, I mean, it's like rich people aren't good at solving people's problems. Well, I mean, it's like we're talking about with fucking Andrew Carnegie. I don't think he ever met a poor person. <laughs> he had no <laughs> like idea. They just they don't know what their problems are. They just straight up don't. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of that Arrested Development quote. It's like, I mean, it's one banana, Michael. How what could it cost? Ten dollars. Ten dollars. I mean, yeah, that's that is very much it they they think that if they can just get these people to work hard enough that they'll magically become bosses like them and i'm like first off even if that worked not everyone can be a boss like that's literally that's not gonna yeah. work <laughs> that's not how we things can't work just like you know market mlm stuff to each other like all day and that's just our <laughs> that's economy what they want. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, for like first off, you're still going to inherently leave people out, which means you inherently think that some people are worth less because they don't have what it takes to be a boss. Mm-hmm. Yep. And secondly, I don't remember my second point. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they, they try all these stupid, like, development ideas, like, oh, well, 
you know, it's entrepreneurship, you know, yeah. instead of doing charity, we'll do micro loans <laughs> or, uh, which just to me sounds very loan sharky and scammy. I don't know. It is. It has interest involved. <laughs> interest is that's, that's, that's what's there. I mean, it's, it's a payment, it's payment for borrowing money. So you're going to get your cut, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, it's micro and it may have a manageable interest rate. So, and this is the same thing that the IMF does, that the World Bank does, unless it's called explicitly a grant, that that's what they're doing is they're loan mm-hmm. sharking these countries and stuff. And we have that internally here too, through these oh, sorts sure. of, you know, development micro loans and whatever. God, all these stupid ass ideas like, oh, just, I don't know. Let's, let's, I mean, we listen to the Trillbillies mm-hmm. a lot here. And so they have lots of great episodes on this. So go, go listen to them for great examples like, oh, just make the far, the miners become beekeepers. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Not everyone can just be a beekeeper. Yeah. All the crazy Appalachian, um, like small business development things or whatever that they talk <laughs> about are just so absurd. <laughs> You're just like, They're so great. It's choice. Yeah. But there's this idea of, yeah, focusing on entrepreneurship, on skills. They're not really focused on providing for people's needs, which is, again, as socialists, as communists, as leftists, that's what we want to do. We want to focus on what do people need? Let's do that. Whether it's through a worker state or through a commune or whatever, that's what we're trying to address. These people aren't concerned about that. They want to find a way to extract labor power from people. That's why they want to set up businesses and stuff. Because at the end of the day, even if you're providing them with like a stuff to make a startup, if you don't have healthcare <laughs> or like food, I don't think your startup's going to go very well, bud. Like you, you are just trying to survive. You got to do that first. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. They are just out of touch. They have no idea what people actually need that they're. <laughs> they don't understand. Yeah, they're concerned with survival instead of with how can I market myself more effectively? Like that's not it, dude. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, for one, they're out of touch for two as a class, they're just not actually interested in doing what would really help the downtrodden, which would be to liberate them. They just want to like, they want to paper over the problem. They want to not have to deal with this anymore. Pretty much. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Reason number five, charity requires overhead costs. So kind of it's inefficient in a different way. It requires its own funding sort of. For sure, for sure. Just the salaries of these people, just all the different roles they have mm-hmm. in their giant organizations. Like, yeah. For me, it's the the gallus that really does it for me. Oh yeah. Tell me more. I don't know too much about this. So I've been to a couple because I have a family member who's involved in a, a charitable organization and has been for most of her career. Um. So it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> How can these people lecture? poor people about spending their money (laughs) when they throw fucking galas that are you know a hundred dollars a plate or whatever and you're all socially pressuring each other to you know be a part of this silent auction and whoever wins gets a fucking ski vacation in colorado a ski vacation i don't even know how much a ski vacation in colorado would i don't know but it's a private like chalet or whatever it's a big deal you know like they're literally auctioning off cruises and all this ridiculous shit and it's like just give that money. If you have that money, just give the money. What are you doing? But if you give the money, <laughs> if you just give that money to some poor person, they're probably going to blow it on a ski vacation in Colorado, you know? <laughs> Whatever. Which is they unworthy, deserve it. You know? Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. If you're an essential worker right now, you deserve a ski vacation in Colorado. Except I don't believe yeah. in skiing. I think that is just 
falling on down a mountain. It's just you're asking to get hurt. I don't want to go skiing, but I believe in it. Like I think people should have. The, I believe it exists. Well, no, but people should have access to. It. Like I mean, I want. I want to provide for a lottery where our commune, you know, whoever fucking wants to go <laughs> skiing can go skiing if you want. Yeah, you can ski if you want. I just think, I think it's, I think extreme sports are how white people feel fear. That's my theory and I stick with like it. Like roller coasters. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They've never felt the fear of being <laughs> in trouble. So they need to invent their own thrills. Well, not everyone. I mean, you know. <laughs> not everyone. I know. But. I'm just generalizing because <laughs> I'm an asshole. Anyway, but no, it, it is just... It is remarkable. And like, I've heard lots of arguments for like, no, we need to make them feel like connected to this cause. And it, and it's, it is literally all about like, stroking these people's egos, making them feel important, so that they'll donate more money to you. And it's like, isn't that gross? Like, why doesn't that mean they're a bad if I have to like cajole this person into giving money for something as basic as like a food bank? Mm hmm. What does that say about this person that they won't do it unless you fucking suck their dick first? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, remember, they're very good and moral and upstanding because they're among the elect. First I of guess. All. <laughs> but no, yeah, you're right. Like, that's just them being not being empathetic, right? They're being overly empathetic to the wrong people, I think. And it, yeah, and it ties in, I guess, to our first reason of... This is what happens when you have a system where you have to depend on these people, on their generosity, is you have to, you know, if they don't have enough generosity, you have to stroke it out of them. I mean, you have to get, you have to convince them, appeal to their self-interest or whatever to get them to do the right thing. I mean, I have a very clear example of this. Like when the pandemic happened, you can't have like galas and events and shit. Charitable giving has fucking gone in the shitter because mm. they're not getting these ego strokes. They're not getting their galas. They're not getting their fucking auctions. They're not getting their ski vacations. And so now they don't have an incentive to give. Yeah. So what's the point? They do it for like a social status thing. It is so gross. <laughs> that is bizarre. Yeah. It is so you can be seen at this thing spending lots of money. We should just film these at some people. People should film <laughs> I'll put this. a camera on myself and go. Yeah. Like people should film this under undercover sort of thing, you know, and then just air it and just put it on YouTube and be like, this is a gala. They this raised this much do. money. This is what they did. This is how this many people were fed, mm -hmm. you know, like, and just watch the sumptuous uh, affair that it is and say, this is how, this is what they thought that they had to go through to make sure that this many, you know, that however many people were fed or housed or whatever. Yeah. I just, I don't understand the logic. Like, if I'm here, I'm a fucking child and I'm trying to make money or something, you know, I'm, I'm going to make an lemonade stand. My first thought is not, well, I better go spend a bunch of money first <laughs> before I try to earn money for this thing. Yeah. Like it just doesn't make any sense. It is a crazy pipeline. It's wasteful. Like you said, just give them the money, right? Okay, <laughs> you have you know. it. I see it. <laughs> but no, we want to spend it on all the in-between stuff too. The venue, the catering, the valet parking, all that. Like, mm -hmm. And that's also not money that's really, you know, okay, productively spent because, oh, hey, it provided jobs for the people manning the gala. Like, Great. I'm sure that was their dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also exploit Like that is exploitative labor too. Yeah, so I'm they're sure also they getting ripped off there. Provided you know? benefits for that part-time gig. So, yeah, <laughs> you fuck know, off. You don't think that pays well? I'm going to guess no. <laughs> yeah. I guess the overall argument we're making is it'd be better for people to just like be paid more at their jobs or to own their own fucking workplaces mm -hmm. and, you know, get what they're actually producing for their bosses instead of it all going to their bosses. That would be better 
then ripping them off first and then giving back them a penny for every dollar that they've ripped them off. Yep. And eating a steak dinner over it. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I got really mad about the ski vacation thing. (laughs) I'm coming back (laughs) down from it. (laughs) It just makes no sense. All right. All right. So we've been talking, I guess, about how charity, you know, it's fucked up that we have to rely on somebody to deign it okay for us to exist. <laughs> you know, it's fucked up that we have to meet all of their little requirements to to be worthy. It's uh, fucked up that the, the rich can just kind of like hold this money away and keep control over it. It's just free PR for them mm-hmm. and basically ripping off the government the whole time. It's both money laundering in the I'm making money off of this situation and in the I'm laundering my reputation sense. So yeah. it's it's very, <laughs> it's, it's a bad. Double. Yeah. Also how it's just, you know, ineffective, how it's wasteful in terms of its spending. And that's just counting like charities that actually do something that we that we can point to and say, here it is. This is what they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't always happen. Yeah, I mean, I found this crazy stat from that Rob Reich again. Um, he said more than 90% of the roughly 100,000 private foundations in the United States have no website. Whoa, what? Like if you're a charity, presumably you want people to give you money. And the easiest way to do that is to fucking have a website. <laughs> yeah, you would you would think. <laughs> right? Like, are these all just fake? We, uh, I mean, we, I mean, kind of, we have like a Patreon page. We have... Technically, you have the Podbean page. You could yeah, go to that. Yeah, it's not very pretty, but we have it. Yeah, it exists. We <laughs> They just don't. Do they have like social media accounts or so something? So it's just that they're completely like donor directed. So it's it's Ooh. just the trust doing whatever the fuck they want with that money. I've heard of these. Uh, I've heard of donor advised funds, which is apparently where you can just like dump your money, avoid the taxes and not really have to pay anything out to anybody. Like you don't have to report for years and years any sort of like oh we did this with the money it's just it's just a fund in like you you know you can put it in a financial like fidelity vanguard something like that and it's just it's just it's just hidden <laughs> yeah basically it's it's insane guys this is stupid people have too much money the wrong people have too much money i think they're the chosen like bad ones not chosen few in a good way chosen few is in the worst ones the vilest creatures that <laughs> capitalism has wrought. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's wild. So they're just putting it in a hole, basically. I think so, yeah. Or in a stock fund that they can sell. Either way, not transparent, you know? like Yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I just like that we covered all the ways that it's openly like bad, and then also, well, it could also be secretly bad. <laughs> it could also just be who the fuck knows, because they're not yeah. going to tell you. And they this don't is just have the to. shit we could find. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. I think I think we've gotten angry enough. I feel like I need to go lie down, bring my blood pressure down. Uh, yeah, I guess the flip side of that, you know, just to tie a bow on this, is that, you know, we've been saying how charity is all the ways it falls short, right? What we offer, you know, what leftists want to pursue again. We've mentioned this a few times, but just to drive home the point is that we're uh, focused on focused on providing for people's needs, focused on putting people in charge, making sure that the society, right, regular people are in charge of their own fates, in charge of their own well-being, their own existence. Yeah, it's basically just just trusting people instead of just thinking they're inherently going to make bad decisions. 
Yeah, we want them to be in in control of their workplaces. We want to make them to be actually getting what they're worth as far as their labor or as far as their existence. You know, they should just be able to exist without working. That's kind of the future we're working toward is let's just have humans, man. Let's just (laughs) (laughs) just be. Yeah. What if we just chilled? Yeah. So anyway, that's our counterpoint. (laughs) Cool. Have you considered communism? <laughs> it's great. It's Take a chill. listen to our previous episodes to find out more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Well, what do you want to learn about next time? Next time, let's take it on back home. Yeah. To good old Texas. Hell yeah. So we are going to go over a few Texas communes I found in our history. Um, awesome. And I've been writing up some fun facts about them. Cool. And yeah. I think it'll be a fun one. Awesome. Sounds good. Cool. Communes can even happen in Texas, apparently. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. In the meantime, you can find us online. We are on Instagram at Teach Me Communism, Twitter at Teach Communism. You can send us an email, teachmecommunism at gmail.com. There you can send us questions, um, suggestions for future episodes. Also, send us if you have cool communes in your region, like currently. I'm struggling to find like current day communes. I think that'd be a cool continuing segment. So if you know about those, send them to me. That'd be cool. Yeah, for sure. If you want, you should leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It is Mm -hmm. like the best way for people to find us. Even if you're on an Apple user, you can still leave a review with Apple Podcasts. And it's not for charity, but we would still appreciate you stoking our egos with those reviews. I need it for my health. (laughs) I posted a great selfie the other day, and I I feel like 20% stronger from all the positive comments. So Nice. (laughs) Anyway, uh, what else? We are on YouTube. If you prefer listening that way, just give us a search there. And we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash teachmecommunism. For $5 a month, you get access to our cool notes. And this time, both of us took notes. Um, Mine have lots of rude drawings on them. So, (laughs) get excited. Yeah, I've got my PDF of the Gospel of Wealth, but also just the notes of what we're running through on the episode. So, like, this is maybe three things of notes. Yeah, triple notes this time. Come on. Awesome. Delicious. (laughs) And the funds from that will not go to charity. They will go to a local mutual aid fund. I believe in one of our very early episodes, we talked about the difference between charity and mutual aid. So you can go back in the archives and look for that. Uh, But yeah, we're going to, last year we donated to Feed the People Dallas, um, which is a great black-led, women-led, Latinx-led mutual aid fund here in Dallas. So I'm not sure about next year, but we'll find a similar organization. Hell yeah. Solidarity, not charity. All right. Uh, Well, thanks for the discussion. This was uh, interesting and... (laughs) Rage-inducing. (laughs) Mind-melting. Definitely. Yeah, it was really crazy seeing how the other half, well, not the other half, the other 5% thinks. (laughs) (laughs) The other 5% in their lackeys. Ugh, yeah, I guess. So hopefully that gives you all some ammunition the next time you talk to people of that persuasion. Yeah. But anyway, uh, listeners, you can catch us next week on another episode of Teach Me Communism where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all. Goodbye.